Always We ask the question. What is needed in the world? It's been two years since Myanmar's military seized control of the country. When the news of the coup broke on February the 1st, 2021, protests were held nationwide. But the fight between the military and those opposing the coup deepened when the ethnic armed groups demanding greater autonomy joined the conflict. The country now appears entangled in an all-out civil war. The military government promised to restore democratic rule, but has given no clear timeline. And as violence escalates, another crisis has continued to drag on since 2017, the ethnic persecution of Rohingya Muslims. Terrorized, hundreds of thousands of Rohingya fled to Bangladesh as they came under attack. Now some groups in Bangladesh say the Rohingya are a burden. And in Myanmar, many see them as foreigners and call them Bengalis. That's because ethnically and linguistically, they're considered closer to the people in Bangladesh and some parts of India. Diplomatic efforts have pushed Myanmar's military government to start a pilot project to allow the Rohingya people back to their homes in Rakhine state. But can their safety be guaranteed? And will efforts to re-establish democratic rule make progress? Find out more as Major General Zormin Tun, Deputy Minister of Information and spokesman for Myanmar's State Administration Council, talks to Al Jazeera. Major General Zormin Tun, thank you very much for speaking to Al Jazeera today. I'd like to start by asking you about the pilot repatriation project for the Rohingya refugees. Could you give me some more details about the project and when it'll start? The Regarding the repatriation of Bengali people who fled to Bangladesh from the Rohingya state, we must start with historical facts. Every country has a different point of view on this issue. However, this controversial matter regarding the Bengalis is not new. It's from many decades ago, since the British colonial rule. The Bengali people migrated to the Rahim state from Bangladesh during the British colonial rule to work as laborers in the plantations and the agriculture sector in paddy fields. At that time, they entered our country in great numbers. Nevertheless, we, the people of Myanmar, see them as humans. Regardless of their origin or history, there are a million people living just across the, the border from Myanmar in Bangladesh in terrible conditions. Their homes are here. They're desperate to come back. Do you welcome them back? We warmly welcome them to come back. This issue has been ongoing since the previous two governments of Myanmar, and we had two agreements on it between the governments of Myanmar and Bangladesh. So, we have already agreed on the repatriation process. With the support of China and the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, we have already established repatriation camps for them, 
such as the Lapukong Processing Camp and others. It has been about a decade. We also have invited diplomatic envoys to witness how we have prepared to receive the repatriated Bengalis. If we didn't sincerely intend to welcome them back to Myanmar, we would never do such things in the first place. Can you guarantee their safety? Yes, we can guarantee their safety. We have already provided the necessary security for them. The first batch will be about 1,500 repatriates returning to Myanmar in the pilot project. We will relocate them to the camps that are set up for them. They will stay in the camps for two weeks before returning to their original villages. We will also provide security for them, though those villages have been under protection for nearly a decade. Many of these people fled murder, arson, their villages were burned, rape in many cases, at the hands of your own soldiers. That was six years ago. What's changed now? You're in power. Can you be absolutely sure that won't happen again? This question is a bit biased and one-sided. There are reasons behind these incidents. I am going to answer this question with a personal experience, not in a diplomatic way. I served three times in the Butadong and Maodo regions as a military officer, spending over 10 years there. I have so many Bengali friends. The people in the Butadong and Maodo regions have coexisted peacefully in the past. There were no problems in the community. But we need to understand the root cause of the problem. It was not the Bengali people. It was not because of the security forces. It was not Rahine ethnic people either. The problem was the terrorist group Arakan Rohingya Salvation Army, or ARSA. They encouraged the local Bengali people to drive out the ethnic people, such as the Mio and Thet, from their villages. They attacked them mercilessly. The world knows it, but they are just ignoring that fact. Later on, the killings between the communities began. However, we have already worked to restore peace and stability in the region. The number of Bengali people who remained in the Butadong and Maodo regions is much more than those who fled to Bangladesh. At the moment, they're living their lives peacefully. There is no violence there. The military coup happened in 2021, 2020, sorry. Um, you've said, your, your government has said there will be elections, that the return to democracy will be swift. Do you think the elections are still on track to happen this year? Regarding this question, the chairman of the State Administration Council and Prime Minister has already answered and notified internally and internationally. Our government has provided guarantees. Firstly, 
we will restore the country's multi-party democratic system. Secondly, the government will establish a union based on the democratic and federal systems. So, of course, there will be general elections to practice the multi-party democratic system as we promised. This year, it's difficult to say when the general elections will be held precisely. To achieve that, voters and candidates must be safe without stress, pressure and threats. We've held three democratic general elections since 2010. 325 townships took part in 2010. In 2015, 323 municipalities did. Then in 2020, fewer townships participated due to the security issue. We aim to include all 330 townships or constituencies for the upcoming general election, or at least 325 municipalities if not possible, to have all of them participating. As you know, per the current situation in Myanmar, we have safety concerns. However, out of 330 townships, 192 are peaceful and have no safety concerns. Still, 67 are not safe enough and 65 have major security concerns and stability needs to be restored there. To hold general elections successfully, all the townships and constituencies need to be safe and secure. For now, I cannot exactly say when the general election will be held as it depends on the security of the constituencies. Over 60% of the country is stable and has no safety concerns. Our democratic system is quite different and unique from other countries. As I mentioned, 192 townships are safe to hold elections. So why don't we have elections only in the safe townships? That's because according to Myanmar's 2008 constitution, we must include all the regions as we have regional and national governments. So it is preferable to include representation and candidates from all the townships. I wanted to ask you about Aung San Suu Kyi, the former first minister. She won every one of those elections that she was able to stand in overwhelmingly. She's now in jail probably for the rest of her life. Is there any opportunity after elections for her to be released, to be pardoned? Um, Regarding the previous incidents, you're right. As our chairman of the State Administration Council said before, 
the National League for the Democracy, or LND party, likely won in the 2020 general election. That's a possibility. However, I'd like to explain what happened. Right in this room, we discussed election fraud after the election took place. We invited international media and diplomats, facilitating documents and poll numbers. There was transparency, but greed led to election fraud. That's how I see it. They committed fraud in the 2020 elections. That's why we had to step in. We met and discussed with NLD party members in Najpito on February 2nd, a day after the election, and asked them to resolve the problem accordingly. We know who the lawmakers involved in voting fraud are. We could have arrested them straight away, but we did not. They were allowed to return to their constituencies after being notified of the legal actions that would follow. As per Aung San Suu Kyi, she is being sentenced mostly for her crimes and corruption, with only one charge for abusing her authority in general elections. All actions taken are according to the law. Regarding a pardon for her, nothing is impossible in politics, as I have said before. Anything could happen, depending on the situation. We're coming up to Armed Forces Day, uh, a day when the Armed Forces in Myanmar are celebrated. We're going to see an awesome display of armor, artillery, air power. But there are accusations at the moment that Myanmar's army is directing these forces and all of their might against its own people. Reports of massacres in Kaya State, Kayin, uh, Sagang. When you hear these accusations, how do you answer them? The Tatmado, or our Grand Army of Myanmar, has two responsibilities. First, to protect the country from foreign enemies and to preserve and ensure the safety of its people. You have to understand the current situation. Terrorist activities started after the election fraud. We asked the authorities to negotiate and solve the problems so many times. We issued statements at least six or seven times, urging them to resolve the problems. Instead, they chose to start armed insurgencies across the country. So far, according to police reports, they have murdered 4,003 civilians, accusing them of being informants for the military. Since former President Tain Sein's term, we have always believed in and negotiated to achieve everlasting peace with the Ethnic Armed Organizations, or EAO. 
they are fighting against the people of Myanmar and us. Even those terrorist groups, the self-proclaimed People's Defense Force or PDF, or the National Unity Government by the Committee representing the Assembly of the Union, we regard them all as our people. However, we will not tolerate the killing of innocent civilians by those terrorist groups, so we must act. When they fight, they pretend to be civilians in the villages. And our security forces must operate in those areas. Then they accuse the security forces of attacking and killing civilians. So, the situation on the ground is very complicated. The problem here is similar to what's happening in the Middle East. There's nothing new. The opposition or terrorists or the EAO are no foreigners. They all are from Myanmar. Rest assured that the security forces do not enjoy what has happened in the country. We have ongoing peace talks with all ethnic armed groups. We had a peace dialogue with Wamongla and SSPP. So, we are on track with building peace in the country. I want to conclude by saying that the Tatmadaw does not intend to hurt or kill anyone. We are just taking necessary counter-terrorism measures. I was going to say that there are well-documented uh, massacres, frankly, in uh, places like Pakant, uh, Moso in December 21, uh, two weeks ago in Penluang, where tens, in some cases, more than 100 innocent civilians have been killed by Myanmar's military. Are these soldiers who are out of control, who are acting on their own, or is this a direction from above, from the senior generals? First, I want to talk about what happened in Parkhand. I understand your question about this. We attacked a KIA position. While we carried out this mission, most casualties belonged to the KIA. Only two civilians died. Not more than that. It was a music festival. I think it was a well-documented music festival. It may have happened in KIA-controlled areas, but it was well known that it was a music festival. I want to explain the incident in Parkhand, in the Kachin state. The music festival there was organized by the armed group called the Kachin Independence Army, or KIA. All of those killed in the military's airstrike were KIA soldiers. I don't think they were civilians, as the place is under the control of KIA Battalion No. 6. So no one else can access the area. So, there were almost no civilian casualties only two. It is the same situation as in the Middle East. Osama bin Laden and his supporters were also terrorists. They are no civilians. 
Tanglang in the Chin state was a peaceful region before. But the Chin National Front, or CNF, and the terrorists from PDF worked together to attack the military. So, the security forces must take necessary countermeasures against terrorism in the area. Two and a half years ago, Myanmar was growing, developing fast. Its economy was booming. People were working. There was development that hadn't been seen for decades. Now it is growing very, very slowly. As by your own admission, a third of the country remains out of your control and insecure. Do you really think the coup was a good idea, looking back? Let us discuss that based on the facts recognized globally and by our country. You shouldn't judge only based on emotions. You should be fair. Regarding the economy, we had a COVID crisis in 2019. Every country had to bear its economic impact. It's a global crisis. In the 2020-2021 fiscal year, during the NLD government term, the GDP growth was 5.9. It didn't increase. Six months after we took over in 2021, the GDP growth reached 1%. The economic growth during the previous government happened because our country is rich in natural resources and many loans and international assistance came in from many countries. Our government is now facing sanctions and economic restrictions. However, we can overcome these difficulties and we are capable of improving our country's economy. So, if I have to answer your question, we had to take responsibility because of the electoral fraud. I understand there are different points of view on what we did, but we are on track to establish the multi-party system. We promised and a federal union based on democracy. We have ongoing peace dialogues with many ethnic armed organizations to build the foundation for our democratic federal union. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for speaking to us.